And good afternoon, Paul River. And good afternoon, Paul River. You are listening to CJMP News. It is 12 p.m. on Friday, January 6th. Yeah. And we've got a good show coming up for you today. And uh, Roger Hi is there. Here. We've got housing. We've got whales. We've got... Uh, the kitchen sink today. We've got a couple in, uh, live in guests, in studio guests, and we couldn't be more pleased. And we'll be right back with them after this song. Good night, Vienna, you city of a million melodies. Our hearts are thrilling to the strains that you play from dawn till the daylight dies. Good night, Vienna. Where moonlight fills the air with mysteries And eyes are shining to the gypsy guitars That sing to the starry skies Enchanted city of Columbine and Piero We know the magic of your spell Of our romances you're the hero Now is the time to say farewell Good night now live us kiss beneath your linden trees The world is waiting on the edge of the day Just waiting to say Nothing to do with the radio show, but a nice piece of music. Oh, yes, and thanks for being that music DJ, Roger. Okay. <laughs> Roger Thorne, who uh, does Slack Tide on Sundays from 10 to noon. Uh, I didn't introduce myself. I'm terrible at that. My name's Carrie Swiggum. And, and I'm Roger Thorne, obviously. <laughs> and we'll be with you for the next hour. And, and right now, we'll get right into the conversation that we're having uh, for the first half of this show. Uh, we're here with Francine Benoit, and uh, she's a local citizen who started a petition, uh, shared it on the Swap and Shop. On Facebook, it garnered a lot of comments. Uh, so we thought we'd invite her into the studio and talk a bit more about what is what is the petition about and why she started it. So thank you for being here and welcome. Well, thank you for having me. So well, let's start off with um, what are we talking about here? We're talking about housing, I think. We are about carriage housing. It seems to be the hot topic of the day and. Um, I was interested in carriage housing a couple of years ago when I had a family member who c would have benefited from perhaps the conversion of my own shop at the time. And um, I, I did contact the city at that time, and there were no provisions for carriage housing. And is this, in you said this was in Powell River or Courtney? In Powell River. Okay. This was in Powell River. I lived in Westview. Um, and at that time, I had a house that could have easily accommodated carriage housing, <coughs> but there was no bylaw okay. to support it. So um, I did contact, I sent an email to um, the, 
the mayor and there was no response and I had written up a um, sort of petition but never did anything with it. Well you've got one now. Um, can you tell us what you what you wrote in that petition? Um, do you have it well, up right now? At, at, well initially my petition um, because I'd never done a petition before was um, um, quite personal and um, with some input from the remarks on Facebook I've able to been able to narrow it down to something um, probably more attainable mm -hmm. and more focused so I propose um, carriage housing for the purpose of semi-independent living welcoming families would be subject to certain criteria building inspections and criminal record check would be presented at the time of application welcoming families must complete an application <coughs> this will ensure a standard to be maintained to maintain the ensure the quality of life this is not a free-for-all for anyone with a grudge and a hot plate this is an opportunity to provide shelter to our most vulnerable citizens <coughs> Um, I'm not speaking as I'm speaking as a concerned citizen while I am affiliated with one or more of these groups I do not speak on their behalf okay so talk about some of the comments you've received um, and I just want to mention too this is something that the city of Paul River has been working on um, it's um, in the works right now I checked in with a counselor before but mm -hmm. I want to know what kind of comments you've been hearing from other um, people in town and then we'll move toward what's going on right now within the city? Well, initially when I contacted um, the municipal office, um, the comments were um, concerns over parking. Um, this was a couple of years ago? This was a couple of years ago, and um, I, I did read an article in the peak at that time that um, there was some concern over the view. Um, in uh, particularly in Westview, okay, and um, but more recently, the comments that I've received of late, um, it started with a woman asking what carriage housing was, and I just sort of went on a rant. Um, <laughs> well, let's let's start there. What is it? What is carriage housing? Well, carriage housing is a dwelling separate from an from an initial uh, um, home okay. residence. Right. It's in the backyard generally. So or so it could be a tiny home, a trailer, a garage converted, um, any sp a, a space that's um, would need to be have a building inspection and permits and uh, and adhere to all the rules in town. Um, but it would provide shelter for um, for all for. for for a number of people who don't have shelter right now. I, there well, are there's a housing crisis right now, but right. particularly in the areas, um, my proposal is semi-independent living. Mm -hmm. This would be provide shelter for people who, um, who may perhaps the women from the transition house or people with special needs, um, people with developmentally Development, developmental disabilities or um, 
maybe with mental health issues? Mental health, the, the homeless. Mm -hmm. um, there's a vast, a vast number of people who are displaced in our society, and my proposal is for tax breaks for welcoming families. So, sorry if I may. It sounds like this is two parts. Like maybe there's a need for carriage housing in general, and there's also a need for housing to house these people with support. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes, and I think that my idea is that people work in conjunction with um, outreach workers that are that are already providing a service. So uh, um, there could be some lay counseling or perhaps uh, some help with getting to the grocery store or um, um, helping to to meet appointments. Mm -hmm. This sort of thing. So, and it's also a, a way for our p us to keep our families at home, like the elderly. We could have our parents together, in, perhaps in our converted garage, and give them an opportunity to stay together as a family instead of one going off to care and the other being left at home. See, uh, um, Francine, I want to thank you for coming in today because I just want to let listeners know that this was a very last minute um, interview. So I don't think neither of us had time to prepare much, um, but I am glad that you decided to come in because you have a personal experience in this um, situation. Um, can you talk about what kind of comments you've received, good or bad, from either the Facebook post or maybe privately? Well, I've had some, some feedback, some constructive and some not so helpful. Um, I, I've invited feedback because I'm, I'm, this is not my field of expertise. Yeah. Well. And I, I just had an idea and I didn't <laughs> know how to present it or how to make it a reality. Um, so all feedback is, it was appreciated. Mm -hmm. um, most people felt it was a good idea um, but that I needed to be more focused on what it is exactly I was trying to achieve. So I, I, I did speak with um, Larry Giroux from the Salvation Army, and he was very welcoming and supported my ideas. Um, I have an appointment next week to meet with the CRC and uh, discuss ideas. Um, so it's it's well underway, and um, I feel really good about what I've accomplished so far. And basically, all I really wanted was to generate conversation and discuss the possibility of protecting some of our, our most vulnerable citizens. Well, you know, that's a really it's a really positive thing. Uh, on top of the fact that being that uh, the city is actually discussing. Uh, carriage housing, infill housing, or whatever. Now, after a couple of years, so it's a good move forward for that. I think that it's uh, uh, the the concept of carriage housing is a grand idea, and I think that it would bring extra income to welcoming families. Um, but there's also another component, and there's people. In, so in our society who are in great need of help. Yeah. And this would be with tax breaks 
and incentives and perhaps a little bit of education that people could be served in a way that we've not tried before. Yeah, well, it, it tends to make one would hope for a bit more of a sharing community. Well, I think it's socially responsible, and I think it's viable. I, I, the cost to the government would be very little, and although it's just a small um, band-aid for the, it's not it's not a solution. It is a step towards something. Well, th there is there is actually quite a big solution to it because uh, in uh, other countries and other town cities, uh, when they prov when you can provide uh, a decent livable housing space, the actual cost to the social services mm -hmm. uh, welfare systems actually goes down quite a lot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, I understand this, and uh, and. I think in in other we're one of the few countries in the world that um, tend to put our parents into care when we feel burdened. That we have a responsibility to our families, and in addition to that, there are people, mothers who are working minimum wage jobs, that would welcome the opportunity to house somebody in their backyard and stay at home to care for their own children it it just opens up a whole new dynamic and level of care well it sounds like there's a meeting coming up next week on the 10th uh, with some stakeholders um, talking about alternative housing solutions it doesn't sound like this is ne necessarily part of um, what is already being brainstormed but it sounds like you were invited to come and speak as well well okay. I was invited to attend the meeting to I don't attend. know about oh, okay. I, I would I'm not sure about speaking um, I had been invited to attend, and this is a brand new idea. This is the first, other than Facebook, that I've spoken openly about it, and um, I've only had half an hour to prepare, so <laughs> forgive <laughs> my... <laughs> well, we appreciate that. My... Um, well. Breaks. <laughs> My long pauses and breaks. Oh, no worries. So we yeah. can edit here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can edit live. Yeah. Um, well, I, I wanted to um, touch base with the city councilor because I knew there was something happening already. And I, you know, I, I wanted to wait to talk until maybe there was something else coming to council. Like they had their actual plan for carriage housing there. Um, but since that meeting was coming up next week, it seemed a bit timely. Um, so I got in touch with councilor uh, Carolyn Leishman, um, who is in France still. Um, she was been there for a few weeks, but she gave me a, a good um, idea of where it's at right now. And if I may just read from this text here. Um, so the meeting that's coming up, she says it's more about bringing together all the nonprofit housing providers and working on a, a homeless count, uh, brainstorm and, and get updated on what's that, on, on what's on what's what. Um, I think it also might include talk about, uh, this is not a text, but also like a cold weather shelter as well, because we don't have any of those here yet. Um, so council is already cons is already working on a draft for a bylaw on carriage houses here. Uh, it's in consultants' hands right now because the city is stacked with items to do and they can't get to it. So apparently it's been punted off to a consultant to, to work on and get back to the city. Um, and she says there is good support for making this happen as we're all aware of the terrible rental housing shortage. So I think it's all positive news and I really it seems like it's all coming together, you know, people, there's a need and that 
as for you, you know, you're doing something about it. You know, you're getting the word out, starting that conversation. Um, so I think it's great. No, thank you, and thanks for the opportunity. Yes. Um, so let's talk a bit more about like um, independent housing or semi-independent housing. Um, did you say you had a situation where you know someone who might have benefited from this sort of arrangement? Oh, I know many who would benefit from an arrangement like that. Um, my my sister, who has since passed, um, could have benefited. I I would have happily taken her in mm -hmm. um, had I been permitted to. Um, my my own father was in care, extended care, and and although I value all that they do in extended care, and I think they do an ex exceptional job with with the tools they have and the resources. Um, however, it's my mother. My own mother is 80 years old, and it's not it, it's not where I want her to be. Well, it sounds like um, yeah. This hopefully will happen sooner than later. Uh, it's been happening in other communities in BC as well. I I just googled it quickly before we came in, and it sounds like like West Kelowna has a carriage house bylaw, uh, Comox even Nanaimo, and I think that's the city is taking from Nanaimo's approach. Mm -hmm. um, there's also a um, part in the uh, community social plan which was presented to council uh, late last year about this option as well. Um, because for one, the, the city is has a higher average of elderly people than I think most places in BC. Uh, so definitely housing those elderly relatives is probably a, a huge consideration for a lot of people in town. So that's you know, there's there's um, <coughs> many related fields. Um, young moms, mental illness, development delayed, mm -hmm. battered women, transition home, recovering addicts, palliative care, homelessness. It could address all those issues. Um, and uh, welcoming families could choose what area of, is their area of expertise or what they how in which way they care to help um, okay so thank you very much for coming in today is there anything else you wanted to say oh just thanks for letting me share and vent okay. <laughs> rant that's okay and <laughs> if you, you uh, in near future uh, anything to update on it you're welcome to come back in and talk to us about it for sure all right thank you thanks very much and uh, we'll be right back um, after these messages and you are listening to cjmp news on cjmp 90.1 fm and live streaming at cjmp.ca downtown power river <laughs> we're going to play a bit of music now briefly do you want to do that do i want to play a piece of music should i put shall i put something on there yes roger me? okay here we go you got it keyed up Phone through seven. You want to get down? Bring a track up a little for me. One, two, three. Lots of people with no place to go. I know a place where you can go. You got the ticket, come on, slip inside.
Hi, this is Mark Forsyth. You're listening to CJMP 90.1 FM, Powell River's listener-supported community radio station. CJMP is Powell River's source for all things local, news, music, events, and you. And I encourage you to become a sustaining member for as little as $5 per month. Visit cjmp.ca for details and help keep community radio alive and thriving in Powell River. You tell me that you got everything you want And you're looking sin, but you don't get me You don't get me You said you've seen seven wonders And your butt is green, but you can't see me song and your broken singing and before that the beach boys would slip on through and now back to you carrie oh thank you roger uh so we just heard uh interview with uh francine benoit and thank her for coming in um it's kind of been a bit of a scramble this morning um figuring out what's going to happen on the show today but that is radio and that's why it's exciting um we have another live in studio guest here today and her name is susan mckay and we're kind of also throwing her on the spot because we talked about half an hour before she came into the studio and um, I'm going to introduce her right now. So thank you, Susan, for being here. Um, thanks very much. And you sound great. And um, you're the um, founder? Is that right? I am the founder, of, yes. Of the Wild Ocean Whale Society? Wild Ocean Whale Society, yep. Or WOWS. Okay. So we've all seen the, maybe hopefully you've seen the whales and dolphin or porpoises in the water this week. Um, kind of a hot topic, I guess, uh, on, on Swap and Shop as well. I guess we're the Swap and Shop reporter this week. Um, can you um, tell us a bit about um, maybe your background and your organization? First, just a quick correction. Those were Pacific white-sided dolphins. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Not porpoise. There are there are quite a number of differences between the two species. So Okay. Well, I'm glad that you were here to tell us. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, as far as about myself, um, I've been monitoring whale, dolphin, and porpoise activity and recording the information for well over 25 years. Um, I do presentations as well and, um, you know, get people involved. Um, I started Whales and Dolphins BC uh, to make this information available to the public because through research efforts, they, they tend to keep it very uh, close to the chest. So the idea here was to raise public awareness of what we've got in our front yards. So um, c can you give us a bit of a rundown on what are the most commonly sighted things uh, along this coast? Uh, well, uh, we've got dolphins, orca. Uh, we have three different species of orca that we regularly see in, the, in our inside waters. Humpbacks, we've had a lot more humpbacks in the area, um, in, in front of Powell River, that is, in this area. And then... Um, uh, we do occasionally see fin whales, which is unusual, but we do have them. We've had some pilot whales go through, uh, which again is an unusual type of sighting. Um, Pacific white-sided dolphins were, oh, about, uh, about 22 years ago, were considered ocean-going only. So in other words, always on the outside of uh, Vancouver Island in the open ocean. And they started to appear on the inside, and they've been coming back here year after year. Wow. And do you, when was that, that they started coming here? About 22 years ago, they started coming into our inside waters. Okay. Um, uh, did you find any particular, was there any particular reason that people uh, s suppose why that was? Um, basically, all of these animals are dealing with um, following the food. Yes, and it's yeah, all yeah. about the food chain. And we've got krill in our waters, which, um, you know, very, I must admit, I'm very happy that we haven't seen the draggers out there this year. And it's allowing the krill to grow a bit. Also allowing the, um, the smaller fish to come and feed on the krill. And it goes up the chain yeah, from yeah. there. What other animals have make been making a comeback in these waters that you think that maybe have been thought of as not coming back here again? Well, I mean, the humpbacks in particular, yeah. you know, they were, um, they were hunted to near extinction within our inner waters. And uh, I'd say um, in the 90s was the first time that, you know, we really started seeing more coming into the water and staying. Usually we considered that they were ill if they stayed over winter. Um, but they're staying because they don't need to travel. They can hang out with their friends and, and feed instead of go down to um, warmer waters where there's no food for them. But they, they go down there uh, for carving, birthing, or all that sort of stuff. That's correct, yeah, yeah. yeah. and breeding. But yeah. we're finding that um, there is a possibility we had one humpback birth up in our inside waters here. Hmm. this year, yeah. which is unheard of. Um, I wish I could verify it, but I haven't yeah. been able to yeah. at this point. But it certainly appears yeah. like it. It was very tiny calf. Um, uh, of interest to me, do you have any particular knowledge of what's going on with the harbour dolphins? Because they're pretty, they're solitary pretty much, aren't they? The harbour porpoises? Ha harbour porpoises, <laughs> yeah. right, whatever, yeah. Porpoise <laughs> and dolphin <laughs> yeah, are not quite <laughs> interchangeable <laughs> no, here. Almost, um, but not quite. <laughs> that's right. We've, we have two different types of porpoise in our, in our waters. We have doll's porpoise, which look like, uh, they're black and white. They're, they're 
affectionately known as speed demons because they really mm -hmm. are quite zippy. Yeah. And um, they are black and white, look like many killer whales. And then the harbor porpoise is a little bit smaller, um, and they tend to shy away from boats and, and things. So they're not seen as much, but they are in our waters. They, um, they do go back and forth and, and forage. Um, they've actually been known to interbreed between the doll's porpoise and harbor porpoise. And you said there was Pacific white-sided dolphins here this past week? Yes, uh, we had about uh, five to 600 of them on Monday. Um, they were foraging just off of Vananda uh, when some orca snuck up behind them and they exploded out of the water. Um, we've got a lot of um, uh, photographs, video. there's some great video that's going to be published in our next sightings report which is supposed to be published, supposed to be out online tonight. So oh my word. <laughs> well, when I talked to you this morning, you said that you were quite busy today, and I really appreciate you coming in. So. <laughs> no problem. It's uh, a lot of juggling to get it. Um, we, we don't normally have this many sightings reports in the wintertime, um, and we've had a lot, of course, because of the uh, what's happened, and then that includes a lot of photographs and a lot of um, media. There's various video clips that we publish as well. So you know, for the sighting, so uh, where, where is all your information coming from? Do, is there a network of people who yeah. are on the island, the West Coast, uh, inland waters, who feed stuff back to you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We request that anyone who sees um, any whale, dolphin, or porpoise report it to us. We log it. We map them. So we are actually uh, publishing a map online that you can access and take a look at um, every sighting report and where it relates in using Google satellite yeah, map. Yeah. Um, the uh, majority of our sightings, uh, especially in the wintertime, come from people on shore. And it's just keeping an eye out. If you see something out there, we ask that everyone report it because one person may see only one animal, another person may see, might see four, and that gives us a better idea and a, a, a sense of what is actually going on if we know that we've got some uh, transient bigs, which are the meat eaters, uh, orca, um, heading in that direction, and we've only seen one up here and somebody sees four down there, it gives us a little bit better idea of the possible um, individuals that are in that, mm -hmm. that pod. How, how do you um, determine whether or not, that you said there might be a new baby um, whale around um, do you verify that with people who are looking around the coast, or do you talk to DFO, or are you collaborating with or government as well? Um, the uh, We have a number of people that we talk to on a regular basis. Um, the That one humpback calf um, was spotted, mm -hmm. and then I spotted it on my uh, myself. So we were trying to figure out who the mum was, and... Um, and right now, I, it, it has not been confirmed that, you know, that's what's happened. And how do you do that? Just see them swimming together? Uh, yes, that's that's part of it. You see the mum um, quite often will be feeding the calf as well, especially when they're that small. Um, this calf was probably about 17 feet long. So that is a very much a newborn 
And what kind of things are those newborns eating if they're not with their mother? Is that unusual? The, the, they are they are having mother's milk. Okay. And right. the mother goes off and, and feeds, leaving the calf to... Um, sometimes I've seen them actually leave a calf with, a, with sea lions to play. Okay. <laughs> you know, like babysitters. <laughs> that's, uh, that's a great image. Yeah. How, how much um, time do you think you spend on the water looking for uh, whales, like on a weekly basis? Uh, this year, unfortunately, I haven't um, had a chance to, uh, been unable to. Okay. But uh, other than that, I usually spend uh, a couple of months on the water. Um, and then whenever there's a sighting that's right out in front, all through the winter, I would normally hop on my, um, on my, my small boat and, and get out there and see if I could get some I- identification photographs. But Okay. And Roger, you were following a, a whale. How back? A couple of humpbacks, yeah. Oh. Um, what, was, what was also interesting is, is watching the uh, sea lions following the humpbacks around, taking advantage of all the spillage that they uh, didn't get. So. Uh, sea lions will also play with the oh humpbacks, yeah. Yeah. and uh, quite often they'll jump on the backs of the humpbacks, yeah. and the humpbacks will flip them yeah. with their tail. Yeah. And but they, they're no, definitely not going to be around when the orcas are around. The the hump uh, no the the, uh, the sea lions the sea lions no, <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> and when we had the uh, we had some resident orca through, uh, and they wound up they were f- they were feeding off the mill with uh, with some dolphins, and the sea lions so, um, which is a good indicator because the the resident populations the southern residents and the northern residents are are fish eaters, mm-hmm. and you say they're feeding off the mill. What do you mean? When, what are they well, oh, they're not feeding off the mill. They're feeding just, yeah. Uh, just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. I thought no. there was some kind of like uh, extra thing coming out of the mill no. waters. I don't know. No, <laughs> no we have lots of fish <laughs> in that area. No. So. Now, can I, well, can I ask you a question about that? So yes. uh, given uh, the ups and downs of fish stocks, are they always exclusively fish eaters or will they eat other stuff as well? Um, the transient bigs, there's big debate. Um, there's some of the researchers uh, that indicate that they will only eat meat. I've seen them take octopus. I've seen them take some fish. But the uh, resident populations uh, will not eat uh, meat, whereas the transient bigs will take dolphins, porpoise, mm-hmm. um, sea lions, seals. So obviously that's... Kind of a distressing thing, really, because if they're only reliant on fish stocks, and the fish stocks uh, suffer quite a bit, and they're not going to go, and they're not going to eat meat. Mm, that's odd. That's <laughs> yeah. correct. That's one of the issues that we've uh, we've been finding with the southern residents that they're not, they don't, they don't all have a good layer of blubber. We had uh, we've had two deaths uh, since like. Just before Christmas, there was the J34 double stuff uh, washed up, well, was taken up to um, just off Sea Shelt in Davis Bay area. That was its name? Double stuff, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Didn't didn't they have that down as a possible uh, ship impact? That that one happened to be a a vessel strike, yes, and uh, was actually hit by some sort of a vessel. You know, I mean, I'm constantly after boaters and trying to make it very clear to everybody that, for example, these humpbacks, they're slower than the orca, uh, but 
every one of these animals, including dolphins, have been hit by, by boats before. And for, this is just from people not paying attention. Mm -hmm. I did notice um, last time I saw the dolphins uh, a couple mm -hmm. days ago, um, you know, just jumping around the water. They're, they can cover a lot of ground in a, they in a do. short amount of time. And there was another speedboat flying through just kind of wherever they were going and wondering if that was an issue for the dolphins. And it sounds like... It certainly can be an issue. Yeah. Um, there's there's a few sort of methods to deal with it. For example, with the dolphins, quite often if the boat is running, they love to come over and play with the boat and ride in the bow, uh, at the bow or on the wake. Any sudden movement can actually strike a dolphin, and we've been seeing some dolphins with uh, with damaged dorsals and and that sort of thing because of it. Um, so. Uh, not to it's worth interjecting is so uh what uh, sort of uh, website or uh contact if people want to uh, get in touch with you well we have uh, we're on facebook um with wild ocean whale society and whales and dolphins bc we we have uh, our websites are wildoceanwhalesociety.org whalesanddolphinsbc.com which because it was um, the first thing that I started and didn't know what I was going to exactly expect to grow this much, but um, I'm happy it is. And um, the short version, if somebody put types in WOWS, so W-O-W-S dot org, it will link to the Wild Ocean Whale Society page, because I've realized it's a very long name. Yeah. <laughs> We our sorry our sightings reports are also um, they are published online. You can access it at um, uh, through the Wow site. Makes it a, a little bit easier. They're available for free. Um, anyone that wants to be notified of the updated issues, uh, just sign up. And it sounds like you can also get involved as well to help. Absolutely, yes. Our volunteers are scattered all over the place. We have a, a number of them down in the Vancouver area, Victoria, um, Campbell River, uh, Courtney areas. And uh, the majority of our work is done online, so there is a lot of computer work. Okay. <laughs> and this is also a nonprofit society. We uh, are a nonprofit society. We are um, we're waiting to get our uh, our charity status uh, back from CRA, so that should be happening. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm curious, how many people do you have working with you, right? like in your office? Is it it's is it you and a media person? Is oh, uh, in the in my office. Yes. Um, <laughs> my office actually is in my home. Right. Uh, the media editor currently, she was just on the ferry crossing somewhere. Uh, she does, she's actually in Port Moody, uh, living in Port Moody. I think she was going to Victoria. Um, we have another, uh, like our online volunteers are literally all over okay, the place. Okay. We've even had one working from England. Okay. Um, we had another one who crossed Canada and was doing work as she was crossing. So <laughs> it's that, you know, that's how widespread we are. Well, it's pretty fascinating because uh, when I was out there the other day with, with the humpbacks here, mm -hmm. um, my brother uh, from Seattle, he'd never actually been relatively close to a whale ever. Mm -hmm. And he was just like, wow. <laughs> so, and it touches something in people to see those creatures out there. Oh, sure. It's pretty fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, people get hooked yeah. on on 
keeping an eye out as well when they when they actually yeah. have an encounter. Okay, well, thank you very much for coming in and talking a bit more about whales and dolphins in this area. <laughs> I appreciate your well, time. Well, thanks very much for having me. Yeah. And uh, if you see any more sightings around here, try not to flood whales with too much stuff because yeah. everybody's seeing them right now. <laughs> Rather just report it to this yeah, group. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right, okay. we'll be right back after this. <laughs> thanks for coming in. This thank music. And uh, I just like to remind people of this: if you are out there in the boat, uh, the best thing to do, and 
pretty much and is due to regulations is to stay at least a uh, hundred meters or a hundred yards away and uh, it's probably best is either put your boat in neutral or uh, actually just put it so it's just ticking over so you're not really going anywhere the noise does tend to annoy them if you get too close and distract them and disturb yes. them this is Wales in particular yeah. so well, uh, I want to thank uh, Susan McKay for coming in here today yeah that was an yeah. uh, interview that we had just uh, before that song and the song was uh, well done by the Kabaka Pyramid which was a top pick by R.E. Dub Lion for uh, best of 2016 so uh there's a nice bit of or nice choices on the CJMP website for uh, more best of music if you're curious uh, what's new or you know yeah, or what the people who programmers of this station like right exactly <laughs> um, so uh, we're gonna do uh, maybe a few community announcements and <laughs> as she throws the paperwork at me <laughs> meaning I'm going to do them I don't where are we okay Friday 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 um actually uh tonight and saturday i don't know whether it's been sold out or not it is, see, it is. if you're talking about the banff mountain oh, well, film I fest forget it then so oh, i won't even on. mention it the banff <laughs> mountain film thanks a lot <laughs> the banff mountain film festival which you can't go to because it's sold out tonight yeah, is at max cameron um <laughs> sunday song circle at cran hall cranberry hall uh sunday night probably from 2 to 5 p.m. And that's by suggested donation of $5. Yep. Come join us in a monthly song circle. Sing a song, bring an instrument, or just come to listen. The Sunday Song Circle is an informal gathering of folk who like songs. And they also like tea, coffee, and snacks. Because they'll be provided. And uh, coming up this Thursday to Saturday is the Far Off Broadway presentation, a live theater uh, Vanya, Sonia, Masha, and Spike. I have no idea what that's about. That's 7.30 p.m. and a matinee on Saturday. $15 adults, $12 seniors and students. And you can get the tickets at the Recreation Complex, Powell River Peak, Essential, Eco Essentials. And uh, that's about that. Yeah, and that's um, something, if you want to check out our station manager, Mel Edgar, will be performing in that performance. Did you know that, Roger? No, I didn't know Well, that. yes. And uh, and I happen to know that the play is... Uh, Moonlighting, right? It's, yes. <laughs> the play is related to uh, Anton Chekhov's fiction. So okay. if you're interested yep. in that type of Russian fiction, uh, it's probably going to be a good play. I heard it's funny. Okay. Yeah. And, and uh, I, I don't have anything else... Okay. really because uh, that some of this stuff will be announced uh, during the week on all the other programming on CJMP. Yes, so stay tuned for that. There's mm -hmm. lots of uh, programmers here doing live shows and new ones coming up very soon. Actually, we've got a new show coming up this Sunday at 8 p.m. Uh, Liz Wick is going to be um, starting a show called Angels in You, which is uh, doing readings on the air of... Uh, I'm not sure. You call in and listen. Yeah. <laughs> and call in. Yeah. So and we'll let uh, Rabbit Eye maybe tell us about more things coming up this week uh, with his uh, weekly local arts yeah, news we'll segment. We'll be back in a few minutes. Welcome back to Coastal Color, local arts news for Powell River with me, Rabbit Eye. This is the January 6th edition. Happy New Year 2017. It's time to get or renew your annual membership to Powell River Community Radio Society. Just visit cjmp.ca slash membership to renew it for only $10. Mount Spina Art Society has a show that's opening on Thursday, January 12th, but the work is on display starting January 5th all the way to February 1st, 2017. And this happens at the Vancouver Island University Powell River campus during open hours. The show is called Fiber Speak Textile Art with Nina 
Adam Muslim and Gay Denier. The Banff Mountain Film Festival happens Friday and Saturday, January 6th and 7th. Doors open at 5.45, screenings at 6.45 at the Max Cameron Theatre in Books High School. It's $25 per ticket and tickets are now available at Taos Cycle and Sports, Pacific Point Market and River City Coffee, Food and Refreshments and an opportunity to mingle before the screening at 6.45. There's a Sunday Song Circle going on Sunday, January 8th. The time is 2 to 5 p.m. It's by donation suggested $5 at the Cranberry Hall in Powell River. For more information, 604-485-5198. Come join us for our monthly song circle, sing a song, bring an instrument, or just come to listen. The Sunday Song Circle is an informal gathering of folks who like songs. Tea, coffee, and snacks provided a great way to spend an afternoon in one of the best music venues in town. Live drawing sessions continue every Tuesday from 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. It's $10 drop-in. If you'd like to be a model, they pay $40 for two hours and they are still looking for models. Call 604-483-8994 or email royart at telus.net. This happens at the Powell River Academy of Music. There's live music at TC's open mic and stage every Wednesday at 8 to 11 p.m. This happens at TC's pub at the Town Center Hotel. You can choose to play with or without the host band Paradise. You jam, you get a free drink as well. There's a weekly chorus happening on Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. at the James Hall at the Powell River Academy of Music, 7280 Commando Street. For more information, Janice Gunn, 604-485-3825. Far Off Broadway presents live theater with the play Vanya and Sonia and Masha and Spike, which will be playing Thursday, January 12th to Saturday, January 14th, 7.30 p.m. and matinee on Saturday at 2 p.m. Tickets are $15 for adults, $12 for seniors and students. You can buy tickets at the Recreation Complex, Power River Peak, Eco Essentials, and the event will be happening at the Evergreen Theater at the Recreation Complex. It is 14 and over only. The play is written by Christopher Durang and directed by Kyle Eau Claire. There's live jazz with Take 5 Quintet, Young Talent at its finest, bass, drums, keyboard, and horns happening on Saturday, January 14th from 7.30 to 9.30 p.m. at the Sugar Vault, Unit 105, 4871 Joyce Avenue in Powell River. Suggested donation is $5 to $10. They mentioned they plan to host these kids every month. They are traveling to Niagara Falls, Ontario to attend Music Fest Canada, the Nationals in May 2017, and this will help them get there. There's an art opening called Hallucigenica happening at the Sugar Vault as well on Friday, January 20th at 7 p.m. More information on that soon. There's a call for artists for the Expose Yourself, an erotically-themed multidisciplinary art exhibition. Deadline for visual art and digital gallery submission is Saturday, January 21st at 11.59 p.m. You could email eyexhibition at gmail.com or you can visit the website eyexhibition.com where you will find the form that you will need to fill out. The next Expose Yourself exhibition itself is March 17th to 19th, 2017. The event will be happening in Townsite. More information will be forthcoming. They're currently seeking visual art submissions, 2D, 3D, sculpture and installation works in all media, as well as photography submissions and digital files only in the theme of contemporary nude for the digital gallery component. They're celebrating diversity through artist contribution, performance, and workshops. CJMP is a media partner on this event. Expose yourself. If you'd like to help out at the event, on behalf of CJMP, we'll have a photo booth there and an information table on March 17th, 18th, or 19th. We'll find out which days soon. You can email events at cjmp.ca and say you're interested. Joe Fafard plays live on Saturday, January 21st from 8 to 11 p.m. at the Sugar Vault, Unit 105, 4871 Joyce Avenue. More details soon. There's another live theater event happening. It's a play called Till Death, The Six Wives of Henry VIII, written and directed by Ryan Gladstone, starring Tara Travis in a one-woman show. Six queens, six love stories, six deaths, one actress. This happens on Thursday, January 26th at 8 p.m. All tickets are $10. They have festival seating at the Max Cameron Theatre Books High School. The tickets are available online at maxcameronteatre.ca, also at the Academy of Music box office, also available at the Peak, 32 Lakes Coffee and Townsite, the Red Line Pub in Wildwood, or at the Max Cameron Theatre right before the show. There's a workshop called Fiber and Fabric from the Ground Up, hosted by Urban Homesteading School of Powell River, happening on Saturday, January 28th. 
28th and 29th from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. both days. This happens at the Fiber Space at Ocean View Education Center, 7085 Nutka Street. Tickets can be purchased at fiddlersfarm.com. There's also a live show with the bands Modern Terror, Little Farmer, Punk Jams, and Dropsticks on Saturday, January 28th at 7.30 p.m. to midnight at Villa Soccer Club at Timberlane Park. It's $10 at the door. Cash bar, all ages welcome. Bring your own mind so it can be blown. And that is it for this week's Coastal Color. I am Rabbit Eye for CJMP News. We'll see you next week. And we're back. Thank you, Rabbit Eye, for that rundown on local arts news here. And uh, you are tuned into CJMP News, CJMP 90.1 FM. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, Susan stayed and hung out with us for a little bit and was kind of telling us more about all the things that the, her organization is doing. Um, they've got a lot of interesting things coming up, it sounds like, including something that sounds really cool, which is a um, live stream and hydrophone, which will be... Um, put out on the web 24 7 which which means it's a live stream from grief point um so they'll have eyes on the water and uh, ears on under the and water sound, as well yeah. yeah um and that will be available for public viewing uh, Hope- hopefully soon yeah. yeah she said it was any time now so that's pretty cool yeah um a couple more things coming up this week <laughs> i'm gonna tell something you say something okay <laughs> Um, so if you're interested in meetings, um, there's a Powell River Community Coalition meetings. Uh, they happen on the second Wednesday of the month at 7 p.m. Uh, and these are forums. Uh, they invite guest speakers to come in. And uh, it sounds like you would just maybe talk about uh, what they're discussing, a place for a discussion, maybe a, a salon, if you will. Okay, that's happening at room 152 at Vancouver Island University uh, at the Powell River campus. Um, and... Uh, We've got lots of. Uh, well, I was gonna say, if if you're someone looking for a, a meal in town, you don't have enough money. There's lots of opportunities for community meals here. Yes, you'll probably you probably know a bit more about it. I think uh, uh, the various churches, uh, the CRC, um, Kingdom Hall. Yes, uh, and actually, I, when I was in CareerLink last, sorry to cut you okay, off there. Okay, it's okay. Um, <laughs> Uh, I was given a list. Um, so this is something that if you know somebody who might need a meal, uh, maybe direct them to this resource. Um, it's also online, prfoodsecurity.org or facebook.com slash prfood. Uh, you can also see a location map for all these places. Um, basically, you can get a free meal in town every day of the week here. Did you know that, Roger? Yes, I did, actually. Oh, yeah. okay. I just didn't have a full list of my head of where all these places were okay well we're nearing the end of the show and um i think we might have a song cued are you looking at me again <laughs> you do i know <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's so nice to have a co-host okay I d- okay here i have something cued okay so here we go i can't stand the rain Against my window Bringing back sweet memories Yeah, when the rain Do you remember How sweet it used to be
thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to CJMP News. And thank you, Roger, for being here again. Thank you, Carrie, for being here again. We broadcast every Friday live from noon to 1 p.m. And we broadcast on Saturday from 11 to noon. And uh, all of these shows are available as podcasts, as well as all of most of CJMP's live shows. If you miss a show, fret not. Yep, just go to cjmp.ca forward slash podcast and you'll find everything you need to know. Just go to CJMP website. All right, coming up on the Friday Live lineup is Rabbit Eye, so stay tuned. Okay, thanks for listening in. Thanks. <laughs>